welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're talking about the club season one episode, or sorry, the club episode eight slash part two, episode two, I believe. <laughs> and a lot of stuff happened in this episode. I feel like more plot stuff than character stuff, but we have a lot to talk about and I'm very excited about the direction this is going. Um, except for the fact that I found Chelebi likable in this episode and I can't stand myself and I don't know what I'm doing. That's what I've been saying. That's what I've been foreshadowing, this unforgivable yeah. character arc. It's really a problem. Yeah. I just need to say that I already knew this was going to happen. I don't, I don't know if I meant, I think I mentioned it as a conjecture in one of the early episodes, but I knew that he was in love with her. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 And I have been like very not subtly hinting that they're going to try to redeem him. And no, I you it. definitely told me. And I was like, I'm not going to fall for that shit, but this actor is too likable. It's a problem. Yeah, I had to, I had to like, I realized how problematic it was like as we were watching the first episodes again, because as yeah. I was watching it, I got hypnotized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. I am not drinking any tea. Do we have any tea in the audience here amongst the hosts? I'm, I have an nope. eighth of a glass of water or like okay. a, a fifth. <laughs> um, I uh, was in Turkey uh, last week and I had eucalyptus tea, which I don't remember having before. Um, and it was really an experience, very medicinal, not very enjoyable, <laughs> but you know, unique. Eucalyptus is an invasive species. They shouldn't be, they shouldn't be encouraging them. Ooh, maybe they're killing it and making the tea. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> okay, so we're going to switch it up a little bit. So I'm going to take you through the, what happened in this episode. And Sophia is going to be the mistress of the history section. So look forward to that. A mistress? Um, History yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia will take over later in the pod. <laughs> okay, so we start uh, with a very confusing shot of um, a city, like I almost thought it was New York. I don't know where they are, um, but it's an older gentleman in a hospital bed and he's looking at a newspaper article of um, a picture of the club staff and Matilda's in it and he clearly has like recognized her and I didn't know who he was. Um, I'm guessing he's her father but we'll have to talk about that later. Then we cut to Ismet and Rochelle who are in domestic bliss and what a perfect little family uh, except Ismet tells an incredibly depressing story about some anecdote about, and he says, this is what family is and it's very depressing and it's just classic Ismet. Then Matilda comes and finds Rochelle at Ismet's house, although Ismet's house is suddenly a lot nicer than it has ever appeared before. This apartment is huge. So that's a little confusing. And Matilda and Rochelle talk briefly, but don't resolve anything about the fact that Matilda killed Rochelle's father. Rochelle is nasty. And she also lies to Matilda and says that Ismet is going to marry her, which they definitely have not talked about at this point. Then we go to the club where Batiar is torturing Tasula, stalking her. She's like, get away from me. 
And Matilda is very sweet and steps in and says, Tassul is not alone, get out of here. And Chelebi kind of backs her up. Then we cut to uh, Kurshat, who is meeting slash schmoozing with Orhan, saying that Orhan needs to expand his business and that there are many non-Muslims who own buildings in the neighborhood that would be willing to sell, desperate to sell, uh, especially the Greeks, which obviously Orhan is like, yikes. And the inspector also kind of uses his power to promote Chelebi and promote Orhan out of managing the club, promote Chelebi into managing the club. And Orhan's now supposed to be, you know, expanding the business, but it kind of took away power from Orhan. So I think Kurshat is onto something here. Let's see. Then we have oh, Selim, as Sophia would say, our friend Selim, who uh, is shoisted and losing his voice and just an all around wastrel in this episode. And Matilda has clearly lost control of him, which is bad because she's the backstage manager and she has no control over Selim, who was really her only power in previous episodes. Matilda sees Kurshat and recognizes him. And I thought maybe she'd go and murder him on the spot, which would be exciting. Little Fatima crossover, but no, she goes to the bathroom and throws up. She's clearly very distraught about it. Then we go back to domestic bliss, Ismet and Rachel, although Ismet is still calling her Isel, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And they have a family meal with his mom. She's very sweet, telling like childhood stories about Ismet, but Ismet seems really not into it and weirdly angry about the whole thing. We go back to Selim and his band quits because Selim is a monster man who's also very drunk and says, like kind of verbally tears down Matilda saying she's jealous of Rochelle's love story, which is very weird. And if the show wants us to believe this, I'm not into it. Uh, Matilda angstily walks away and Selim angstily burns his favorite costume that he never gets to wear. Matilda goes to see Ismet and gives him Rochelle's ID card and also spills the beans that Rochelle had told her that they're getting married, which Ismet doesn't know, but kind of plays along with, and also tells him that he's got to take her to the doctor tomorrow, whatever, whatever. Uh, then Kurshat and Chelebi have a little talk and drink and talk, tea and talk, coffee and talk, and Kurshat definitely is like going around Orhan in a very weird way to Chelebi and clearly investigating something. I think he has a hunch and he wants Chelebi to... Um, knowingly or unknowingly spill the beans on Orhan. Ismet confronts Rochelle. They have an argument that's like not really very big, but it, Rochelle throws him out for no apparent reason. Um, <laughs> Chelebi's first day as the boss of the club is not going very well. Selim is like falling down drunk and Chelebi says he has to perform and Matilda's like, what are you talking about? And it's terrible. Um, Matilda goes to see Orhan, kind of circumventing Chelebi's power to tell him about Chelebi and Kurshat's meeting. So Orhan now knows and is freaked out about what the inspector might know. Ismet goes to see Diane, our favorite lady, definitely not a spy, and <laughs> tells her about the Rochelle situation. Uh, and she's kind of she kind of unredeems herself from her very uh, modern attitude last 
episode and kind of tells him that he should ditch Rochelle and come with her, which is not great. The, the police, Orhan comes home and the police are at his house, which is like, oh shit. And they're worried about the maid who's gone missing and they want to find out what happened. And then Orhan goes into the house and finds out that his mom is missing. So there's a lot of stuff about to go down in that storyline. I think things are about to go really far downhill for our guy Orhan. Orhan's mom goes and goes to what must be their old house and finds the Virgin Mary painting that she was talking about last episode and is able to pray in front of it. Um, Matilda shows up angry at uh, Ismet's house and says, what the hell are you doing? You're supposed to take her to the doctor. Where's Ismet? Ismet comes in and backs Rochelle up and says, yes, we're getting married. So he's clearly committed himself to this farce. <laughs> Chelevi and Matilda finally have an honest conversation about what's going on. Chelevi says, I hated Mumtaz. I hated Khrushchev. Mumtaz is actually the one who framed me and sent me to prison, which is new information for us. And also confesses to Matilda that he's in love with her. And that's why he made her his indentured servant, which is oh so romantic. And then we get the cutest, most happiest scene that's ever happened in this show, which is that Matilda's brother comes and they hug it out and it's very sweet. And that is the end of the episode. going to go on into the gossip slash banter slash spilling the non-existent tea section. Where would you all like to start? Um, I mean, again, really good. I feel like continuity within the episode with like the start, the opening scene, which was like you said, confusingly in a, not Turkey somewhere. Um, and then with the brother arriving so kind of that arc of like mm -hmm. someone is going to be introduced in this episode and then it ends on that and it's a cliffhanger so naturally you're going to want to binge and go to the next one yeah to see how this happened how so he's the alive guy in the bed was not the same as the brother right oh i don't maybe i missed the guy's face in the bed i thought that I was all I think brother. it is her brother. Yeah. It's like, if not, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, See, I, I thought, thought it was, was her dad, and then the dad sent the brother. Because the person in the bed was, like, in a hospital bed. Like, I don't know. So you think they both escaped to the U.S.? That's my hope. <laughs> I don't know. It could be the brother. I mean, it wasn't, like, a very old person, so. Yeah, I thought it was him know. the whole time, but. Okay. It could be misremembering. I was also doing, like, the the addition and it seems like Matilda should be 34 and she looks older and her brother should probably be like no like no, no more than 40 mm -hmm. yeah none of the they like none of, like the actual years that this takes place also like versus when the family would have been like split up like none of that math like we've talked about before like adds up and they're certainly their ages versus the actress playing them don't really line up either so I mean for the at least for Matilda and brother Isak, Isak, that's the brother's name. Yeah, right? Isak. Yeah. yeah. 
Yep. So I, I just really hope that everything turns out happy with that family reunion. <laughs> it's like, please, <laughs> she <Yes>. needs it. <laughs> yeah, we need, I need Satan to like not be in the show anymore. Oh my <laughs> God. <hate> him. <laughs> no one has had a, a larger drop from first episode yes. to now in terms yes. of likability. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, okay, I get it. You have some trauma, don't we all? And I, I agree, some people have more, but like, Shut the fuck up, Satan. <laughs> like, oh, you can't just man. keep spiraling and like ruining other people's lives nice. because, yeah. But I guess therapy wasn't really a thing in the 50s. <laughs> no, but like the fact that like maybe he was already spiraling, but the idea that being forced to perform in his blurring suit has completely yeah. <laughs> thrown him off the rails is a little bit ridiculous, I think. It's about, yeah, for sure. For sure. But yes, Matilda needs a new living situation. I think that is not going to be very healthy. Mm-hmm. Nope. He's a mess. <laughs> yes. Okay. What about our favorite couple, Rochelle and Ismet? <laughs> I mean, do you, Sophia, do you think that he's going to like actually commit to her and they're going to live happily ever after? I think we already know that Ismet's mom is kind of a lost cause. Like she believes too much in people. Like she still like believes in Ali Shekhar, even though mm-hmm. he's been like the worst in the world to her. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the fact that she's like, don't worry, once your baby's born, he'll be here and he'll never leave again. Like, I don't believe, like, I think that's her wishful thinking that her yeah. son is not going to do what he's been so critical of his father um, from doing so I don't know I like have zero faith in our friend Ismet peachy Ismet yeah I mean just the way that he like framed the decision to Diane the spy was like I have to take care of her which is definitely not a good way to go into this relationship yeah. I just feel for this girl who very stupidly got herself into a really bad situation. Mm-hmm. Do we have any predictions slash thoughts about the Batyar Tasula plot? Like right now, it seems just really unnecessary to me. I think he's going to end up killing her or something like that. Oh, I hope not. But also, okay, so do you guys think that the inspector knows that um, Orhan is Greek? I feel like he must know. He has a very strong suspicion, I think. And like Sammy was saying in the recap, like he's fishing for more information. Either uh, Chidibi intentionally spilling some beans or confirming, um, you know, because I don't think anyone knows anything about Orhan like before like the five to 10 years or whatever that uh, he's been working with Chidibi. I feel like nobody knows anything about his life. so if, even if um, Chidi were to like confirm that much, I feel like that would be very useful for the inspector because I'm sure he's not able to find anything in government records. So he's like, does anybody know anything? Yeah, so. I just, but I also feel like even though Chelebi like is it, doesn't like per se want to go after minorities, I feel like he un- unknowingly like has, been a part of their 
like of the things that have happened to them because he's like benefiting. yeah i mean along with everyone else pretty much like yeah. it's you know a lot of people were happy to take over like the businesses that were driven the people who were driven out from their homes and businesses yeah. like even if they weren't directly involved in any kind of violence or or obviously any policy decisions there were a lot of people who were complicit so i'm sure like well, I mean, we'll obviously we'll, we have yet to see, but like if the inspector succeeds in getting Orhan out, like would be no surprise if mm-hmm. Chide be just like Takes slid right in. in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I think that's a really important point. Like I feel like so far in this show, the people who have been um, agitating for like oppressing the minorities have been purely evil, like. We've seen Batyar, we've seen Ali Shakir, we've seen Khrushchev, and all of those people are clearly evil people, but like, you don't have to be evil. I think a lot of people will take advantage of a situation that's yeah. presented to them, and it's not just yeah. like overtly evildoers who are doing it. It's like normal people Everyone. who- It's the banality will, of evil. You know, act in yeah. their own self-interest. So it's not so black and white. Well, I think read. it also helps. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say everyone should read Eichmann in Jerusalem by Hannah Arendt for this exact thing that Sammy said that bureaucracy and people doing their jobs slash people, you know, taking advantage of convenient situations is how evil systems mm-hmm. are perpetuated. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Sophia. No, I was just gonna say that it also doesn't help that these inspectors have the power to give the goods or the I don't know, even the the property to uh, to whomever they want. So like that becomes such a huge like negotiation tool for them, and yeah. usually, like sadly, greed wins over like you know ethics or whatever. Because like, I mean, there's many ways you can rationalize it, so you feel less bad about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can rationalize pretty much anything. Yeah, anything can be anything can be legal, but is it right or wrong? It's like easy to paint over with yeah corrupt corrupt laws <laughs> do you guys think that that Korshat is behind the investigation of the maid the maid's disappearance I think it is because it's actually one of my spoiler one of my what the fucks for the episode is like I mean even now people with lower socioeconomic status have trouble getting the police to help yeah. them and so I feel like back then like how likely is it that they're looking for a disappeared maid yeah that's true like I'm sure the like I'm sure she was married or whatever her husband like any any you know family member would go and let the authorities know but to your point why would the authorities take that case right we saw what happened to Fatima trying to look for her husband Yeah. yeah I think that's a good I think that's a good um assumption to make I actually don't remember but that makes a lot of sense (laughs) what do you think about I kind of talked about it in the recap but like Selim's uh argument with Matilda where he was like you're just a jealous selfish person and you're jealous of Rochelle's life I mean he was like a raving maniac the whole episode (laughs) (laughs) he's also reflecting on his own insecurities yeah he's projecting a lot but also, like, why is he acting so weird? Is he just really drunk or? Yeah, I mean, he's like oh. super triggered by like the costume. <laughs> the costume? Yeah. I don't know. Or like people saying like he needs to be more normal, like super triggered him. 
so now he like doesn't even want to do anything um like he's being completely self-destructive for it all his daddy issues and and mommy issues are all so many, so many issues this so yeah it's literally just oh, lack of therapy that's brought him to this point and again <laughs> it's not really his fault because i don't think there were like therapists well there were therapists but like it's even it's even stigmatized now like imagine back then <laughs> they probably gave you electroshock therapy oh god <laughs> he's a big brat that's all i have to say <laughs> he's a big brat who needs therapy <laughs> He's not just a bride. I mean, he's like actively mean to the people yes. in his life, which is just, yes, yes. Ugh. The only other thing I wanted to touch on in this section is that um, idea that Mumtaz had framed Chelebi, which had yeah. never occurred to me, but is like so makes so much sense and is so clever. Like, of it course, it was new to happened. new to Matilda too. Like, her her eyes got all wide when he was like went to jail framed etc i don't think she knew because he was so low rung that i bet the general aseo like family management or like group did not know well they no she did know because oh she did know the guy the guy on the island the old guy he oh that's right that's right yeah yeah yeah. jail for stealing from her father yeah yeah yeah. but she didn't but she didn't know yeah up until that discussion on the island right so right. as it was happening right, right, yeah, right. yeah 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 because he was invisible to her right, right. <laughs> which yeah which is yeah what destroyed his whole like psychology and made him an awful awful man clearly that's right. what they're trying to tell us as <laughs> <laughs> bullshit he sucks <laughs> in and oh, of himself <laughs> he is not an innocent victim but unfortunately no. on tv like if an actor is charismatic slash yeah What's that like? Is it like called the Q rating or something, where they're just really likable? Like Tom oh, Hanks is like the king of this. Then uh, they can do whatever you want, they want, and you still root for them, which is a problem. <laughs> the um the Turkish, I guess the Turkish equivalent of that, like extreme charisma or likability, is a phrase called shaitan to you, which is like you have a a hair from the devil basically like you've got <laughs> like there's some you have some secret trait that makes people really like you even if most of the time you end up being a really shitty person <laughs> <laughs> not to that tom hanks is we love tom hanks yeah <laughs> i like that though it's a good good saying yeah We are going to go into our history section, which is the purview of our histress, Sophia. <laughs> Please write into Twitter if you think of a better title. <laughs> what, the thing I thought, the portmanteau I thought of while we recorded wasn't good enough for you, Sammy? It's, it's so genius, <laughs> SP. I just want to give the audience the perception that they're participating. Oh. You know? Okay, okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just pandering oh. over here. <laughs> so... For our history section today, we've been speculating over the past couple of episodes about who this American woman is, whose name escapes me right now, but... Diane? Anne? Diane? Diane, yeah. But we're pretty convinced that she's a spy and that, you know, just good old CIA um, in the olden days, just stationing people around the world to solve the different problems identified by the CIA. Anyway, not going to get any more political than that, but 
Um, but so we want like right at the beginning of the Cold War, right? So I'm sure yeah. there were a bunch of spies all over the place. Very true. Um, so we're going to take this episode to talk a little bit about our favorite um, fictional and some non-fictional spies, because we are quite sure that this woman is a spy. <laughs> um, so <laughs> to start off um, and talking about the Cold War, we could talk about the Americans and, you know, this whole show that's basically about this whole, um, well, I, I, I've read that it, maybe it wasn't a conspiracy theory, because after I watched the Americans, I got a bit like obsessed with it. Um, but in the americans like it's basically the whole thing about them they're being like well i don't even know if they're sleeper agents technically because sleeper agents are like they turn on and off but like the americans are full-on spies and they're like russian young people who got forced into a marriage basically and they have kids and everything but they're actually spies and they have all these sorts of crazy missions like they have to steal you know, classified information regarding nuclear and other weapons, I think that the US has. So it's kind of funny, because it's actually based on a true story that the Americans apparently. So this whole thing about being paranoid about spies isn't necessarily a paranoia, because there actually were like spies living amongst people during the Cold War. Great show. Love that show. I don't know if you guys wanted to add anything about the Americans. before I move on to our other spies. I think I similarly like assumed that anything about you know, suspicions of spies working in uh, like various embassies or consulates and stuff. I thought, I mean, I would have thought probably before watching the Americans that that was all made up, but now, especially following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, when so many NATO and EU countries and other Western countries expelled russian diplomats like working in their respective embassies for espionage like oh shit like this is believable because we literally saw people on that show (laughs) on the tv show do that um and i mean there's no way that it doesn't go both ways right because i'm sure that's what like diane other embassy staff are probably um at least some of them you know maybe engaged still in spycraft um so it's very you know it got me in a conspiratorial mindset for sure a little bit (laughs) yeah I I think and the crazy thing is that it's probably still a thing now yeah because of all the again the expulsions are like well you you got a list of names somehow (laughs) of people that you suspected so (laughs) and it's it's funny because that like I don't know if you if you guys watch Bojack Horseman um which I don't know if I've I don't, met. but I got a trivia question about it right today. Really? <laughs> yeah. What was it? it? It like the question just like gave his address and asked wh- like who the main the namesake character of what show like lives Netflix dramedy lives there, and the dramedy really threw off people. They all guessed like super weird like live action like random things and I was like it says luck hoove I think that's a horse I think that's Bojack Horseman <laughs> and it was <laughs> Sophia's favorite show literally yeah. I love that show um I, I started re-watching it again this week and I loved it once more um <laughs> if you haven't watched it definitely watch it um especially for like they have a whole thoughts and prayers storyline um which is very relevant it's constantly oh. relevant in the u.s <laughs> unfortunately 
I'm very unfortunately yes um so sorry <laughs> in the show they have a storyline because Bojack falls in love with this woman who was in a coma for 30 years so like the whole joke is like she's a 20 year old and like a 40 year old's body or whatever the ages are um but she so at the same time there's this guy like she meets a guy who's the same but he's a Russian spy and like there's a bunch of jokes about how he's a Russian spy and like the only person that realizes that he's a Russian spy is Bojack and no one else um and then of course um the woman from the coma falls in love with this sleeper agent because that's the kind of humor of the show but (laughs) just to say that the whole sleeper thing was a huge I think cultural thing and I think they also reference it in Stranger Things if I'm not wrong Hmm. like there's a bunch of people like like anything Russian is quite like is very scary for everyone and everyone's very scared of how the Russians will infiltrate the free world of everything, obviously in quotations, but so that's one set of spies. There's another very good Netflix show called the spy with Sasha Baron Cohen. And he's a, he's Jewish, but he's Syrian. So he basically what he does is he, I think pretends to be a Syrian. He pretends to be a Syrian businessman and infiltrates Um, the Syrian army and even gets them to show him like these um, hidden military bases in the Golan Heights this story is actually an actual true story and then he gets caught and like hung in public which is very awful spoilers oh sorry (laughs) no you can edit that out if you want it's been it's been on out for a while I feel like if it's like been more than two years I was just joking I was just joking (laughs) But he actually gets a lot of information and it's really interesting because they show the whole process of like how he becomes a spy and he starts infiltrating like the key Syrian like lit military leaders and he actually likes his infiltration starts in Argentina. So it's crazy. It's really interesting to see like how the spy game works and like I feel like there's been so many movies and like video games where like you play like you're the spy but there's so much at stake when you're a real spy. Like it's an extremely dangerous profession and you have to keep up the character. Like part of the story is that he has a wife and a baby, I think maybe two kids. I can't remember, but like, and they live in Israel, but like he, like he basically can't be there. And he, I think his wife even recriminates that he's like basically believing the story of, of who he's playing this character that he's playing. And so it's, kind of crazy because like you read all about like actors doing method acting and kind of like losing their mind over playing a character for a couple of years but like imagine if you're a spy and you're playing a character for 15 years or however much time I don't think like people can maintain their sanity through something like that and then other let me think of other spies well there's there's a very infamous spy story and there's like the whole like what's it called like character of the femme fatale spy which like has been like popularized by the story for example of like mata harry mata i can't say her name but i think yeah mata harry she was a spy in world one world war one i think but like apparently her whole thing was you know kind of like seducing men and getting them to share secrets with her which is kind of a very classic view of like how women are like wily creatures and they'll Mm -hmm. take your secrets from you and like they'll use their feminine charm to 
get confidential information from you. There was that um, pretty bad Jennifer Lawrence movie uh, where she's like a Russian spy who's doing, whose like that. job is to sleep with people. I didn't see it, but I heard oh, it was I don't even know that. Okay. <laughs> that sounds so bad. Yeah. But that like the, that spy like paradigm is interesting because like it like plays to get plays against each other the whole like um you're a woman like use your sexuality to your advantage versus like the like sex is bad and when women like channel it they become bad people kind of thing yeah yeah it's like a very monolithic kind of vision of the world i think but let me see if i have any other i have a bunch of uh pop culture spies if you've run out go ahead okay so first i want to do an oldie but a goodie uh the hunt for red october Mm. starring sean connery great movie he's not really a spy he's defecting but it's a really good movie highly recommend we've also got all of the mission impossible movies starring tom cruise great movies he's a spy called ethan hunt uh highly recommend from the fourth movie on, I think they get really good. Um, and you also learn about the um, different types of spies because they're always talking about the knock lists, which are non-official cover. So official cover is somebody who works like Diane in like the State Department. And obviously their job title doesn't say spy, but they're working for the US government. A non-official cover is like they're working for an American company abroad Uh. and they are actually working for the government and the government gives the company money and the company pays the salary of the spy. So I have some suspicions about my grandfather in this department, but (laughs) that's for another time. Um, Also, Jason Bourne, great series of Matt Damon basically is never a spy during the series, but was a spy and then lost his memory and became a rogue agent. The uh, Melissa McCarthy movie, Spy. <laughs> oh, a classic, love it. <laughs> Actually, such a good movie. Can't yes. <laughs> recommend enough. I also want to recommend a podcast called Winds of Change, which is about uh, the song winds of change by the scorpions who are a rock band a german rock band and whether the cia actually wrote the song um it's like a six episode podcast series uh coming from crooked media it's really really good um and very interesting and you get to talk to a lot of really interesting people who were in the cia including the woman who was the head of the cia disguise department who happens to be the wife of the guy in Argo. So very interesting power couple there. And then also wanted to mention the series of Gabriel Alon books by Daniel Silva. Uh, He's an Israeli spy slash mostly assassin, um, but also is a restorer of Renaissance paintings. And (laughs) it's a really good series of books really really good highly recommend there's an absolute ton of them and then i wanted to shout out black widow which i feel like is a criminally (laughs) underrated marvel movie actually really good about two spies who are sisters and uh shenanigans ensue 
I have such a bad track record with Marvel movies. I think I've fallen I've fallen asleep at like all of them at the theater. <laughs> yeah, I did not like them. Oh, I mean, Black Widow is definitely not the top tier Marvel movie, but it's very enjoyable. And I, like I mean, I, I think I've I think I went to the so-called top tier ones. Like, I mean, I don't know, but like Avengers Endgame, there was so much shooting in the woods. And I was asleep. I was dead asleep. I wasn't even tired. I just fell asleep. <laughs> we forgot to mention the the really famous case of this woman I think her name's Anna Chapman who was like this very like good-looking woman who was actually a Russian spy like very oh. recently oh yeah know. yeah I remember that she was in DC right I think in New York oh yeah she she was part of the illegals program spy ring oh, oh and also let's not forget that couple I think I forget where they lived in Virginia or Maryland Rosenberg? or somewhere no, no they were like I don't know what their last name was but like last year they were arrested for um putting like they were selling uh submarine nuclear submarine designs oh, to yeah. probably France although it wasn't like explicitly said morons. and they used like a peanut butter sandwich as a drop mechanism like they put like a flash drive in a peanut butter sandwich or something and <laughs> it was so stupid now they're going to be in jail for like ever. <laughs> not, not the shining example of spyhood. <laughs> no, but also like a good lesson for like, if you're not, if you don't have genius level intellect, like don't try to do this. Because <laughs> there's a lot of people with genius level intellect that are watching. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Diane has that though. She doesn't seem to be that like. I think Diane has got a handle, man. She's like. She, she's like is very like I, I wish they spent more time on that character she seems very meh but like also sketchy yeah, <laughs> yeah I I, I want to know more about her give us yeah. the Diane spinoff please yes well <laughs> you know what I heard I thought the show was done I think everyone thought the show was done but my mom heard recently that they're filming a second season oh my gosh wow. which I don't honestly I don't think they should based the way it ended was such a nice like nice little bow and like mm-hmm. you know cherry on top and we don't need a continuation of this I'm not really even sure how they would manage that but if they do they should totally have a, a Diane subplot <laughs> all right do we miss anything spies make for great movies tvs podcasts books yep So now we're going to move on into our favorite and final section, which is WTF, Sultan of Success, and Fatima's hit list. So WTF, I have Ismet's apartment. Where did this <laughs> thing come from? It's huge. I don't know how we afford the, yeah. agreed. So confusing. And because it also seemed like he and his mom were living in the family house or his mom was living in his family house before. Yeah. I don't know. Ismet's got a lot of side hustles, I guess. Yeah, is Ismet like also a meth dealer? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that could totally be, yes, him and his car just going around delivering drugs. And, oh. Yes, yeah, instead of like the Breaking Bad RV, it's like Ismet's, it's, what's the car, what's the taxi's name? Fakize. Oh yeah, Fakize. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then I just have two character what the fucks, which are not like 
what the fuck to the show, but just what the fuck to Selim for being so obnoxious. Yeah. And also to Chelebi for being likable, which is really unforgivable at this point. So what the fuck to him? What do you guys got? I agree with both all, or you get like three points there. I don't have anything <laughs> to add. Yeah, I also thought the apartment. Um, it was really big. I think, honestly, it's weird that um, she she doesn't want to find out more about why her mom killed her dad. Like, I feel like I would be really curious if that happened. But maybe you just don't want to ask. Yeah, her. true. She doesn't ask any questions. She's just like, whatevs. Yeah, it's weird. Um, also, like, why did Chelebi think this was a good time to confess his love <laughs> there's only because there's only like two episodes left after this and the redemption <laughs> has to start he <laughs> like looks at that look at his watch he's like i've got two episodes like honestly wh- why didn't he just pick her up at the jail and say like hey like maybe you don't know me that well but like i want to help you because like i really cared about you back then or whatever sophia that would be way too straightforward and logical <laughs> Fine. That makes so much sense. Why would he do that? I don't know. Much better to kidnap her papers and make her work for him. I mean, he want he clearly like wanted stone cold, ice cold revenge, but like now, again, redemption arc. He's like seeing that she's a badass, and he's still like in love with her. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you think he wanted him. revenge? You, I thought he just like wanted her close by because he still loved her both both though i think he wanted to like put her in a humiliating job like Mm -hmm. working in the laundry versus like not to say that that's actually a humiliating job but like i think in his view versus the family she came from and the wealth like that was like the lowest rung at the club and then like her being like hyper competent led her to slash state identifying her as like ex-rich person yeah (laughs) led her to um higher visibility job but I, I think I think both I think he wanted to like keep tabs on her and have her under his thumb so to speak mm. oh Chelebi what are you doing stop being nice <laughs> too late <laughs> <laughs> um okay Sultan of success um I put I wrote down Rochelle oh okay because she basically traps Ismet into marrying her. I think it's actually Ismet's yeah. mom. <laughs> but she had no life and now she has like a grandkid and stuff to well, that's true. That's true. That's true. I'm sure she's very happy. All she was doing was like her awful husband's laundry yeah, before. And now true. she's like, wow. Now I, I get to feed Rochelle pieces of apple by hand. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I also think it's Chelebi because he finally got to confess his love to Matilda. No, we can't reward this behavior, <laughs> this redemption. I mean, arc. he's been promoted to be the boss of the club and he comes clean to Matilda, his childhood love. That's a pretty compelling case right there. I don't want to, I don't want to reward him at all because he's a rapist. <laughs> true. Very true. I think that's a general TV trope, like forgetting that someone did something really bad. Very yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Ozan in a. Oh my God. Antia. Fucking Ozan. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. 
I, I vote for either of the two women that we nominated, but definitely not what's his face, Chidibi. <laughs> <laughs> I like Ismet's mom. I think that's funny. Yeah. I'm down that's probably her only moment in the sun. So we'll yeah. give it to her. <laughs> we don't even know her name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Fatima's hit list. This is gonna be a tough, tough competition here. I mean, Kushat needs to be taken out before he does more damage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like real level Kushat, annoyance yeah. level Silium. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I agree with that. We can maybe maybe Fatma can have two additions to her hit list. Mm. I feel like she's always looking for things to do. It's true. <laughs> she's very efficient. Yes. <laughs> and there's so many, as I just said before, there's so many murder weapons in Pudif, like in the club itself. It's really just yeah. Oh my god, it's it's like vats of boiling water land for her. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations to our Sultan of Success, Ismet's mom. Um, I don't have a lot of hope for this, but I hope that you get to live in happy domestic bliss raising the grandchild. Uh, watch out to number one Krushat and number two Selim Fatma. Like if you have time. Go for Cillian, but number one priority is Kershaw. very important. Thank you all so much for listening. And next time we'll be talking about episode nine, the penultimate episode of the season slash series, unclear. But yes, we're very excited. I'm sure lots of stuff will go down. Bye.